welcome to another guest episode. Um, my name is Cameron. And my name is Jenna. And we are so excited to have Rachel here with us today. Um, so I actually know Rachel from working with her at a coffee shop that we both work at in Brookings called Cool Beans. I've talked about it on here before. Um, and she also went to SDSU, recently graduated, which she will tell you about that. But that is how I met her and that's how I got to learn about, just about her, like, I, her diagnosis with MS and her personality and she's literally just like the most amazing person and like when I'm in her presence I'm just my heart is happy and I didn't know everything about her story but I knew how willing she is to share and how much she wants to like help people through her situation and so I asked her to be on here today and it was amazing you guys Mm -hmm. it was so good and yeah you guys are going to absolutely love it I don't want to give too much away but you guys are going to love to hear her story. It's it's a really good one, and she's just a sweet, um, very inspiring person. So, with that, Jetta's going to tell us what we're drinking. So, we are actually drinking, like, an iced chocolate almond milk latte, if that's what you would call it. We made it here. Um, so, the milk is actually almond and cashew, which has a little bit of a different flavor. And then I made our espresso for it in our little Bioletti. And I couldn't get my usual espresso because I went to my happy place, TJ Maxx, <laughs> and the shelves were bare, you guys. But that's just another little side note. Anywho, made it. And I think it would have been a lot better if. Um, if it was colder, because A, it wasn't very cold, and I feel like the reason that it wasn't so sweet was because the ice melted so quickly and kind of watered it down. hmm So, I think it wasn't, it's not, like, actually that great, but I think we could have made it better. And I've had, like, I've had it before right. at, like, at Cool Beans. Right. I made it before with espresso and just the chocolate almond milk, not the chocolate cashew, and it was so good, you guys. So good. So, I think it's, yeah, maybe just try just the chocolate almond, not the chocolate almond cashew, and... Just have your milk cold. Honestly. Just have your milk yeah. cold. Yeah, and it was really good when I yeah. had it before. And it wasn't bad. It was just kind of watery. So. Yeah. And with that, we are going to jump right into this episode. Hi, guys. So we have Rachel here. She's going to go ahead and tell us about MS and her journey. And, yeah, we're going to start with her giving us a little bit of a bio about herself. Hi guys, so I just graduated from SDSU with a degree in Human Development and Family Studies. I grew up in Mongolia because my parents were missionaries, and then we moved back to South Dakota, and I've lived in the area ever since. So I really love to travel, and I love to do things that are very adventurous, probably because of growing up overseas. I love doing anything that's really outdoorsy, and yeah. And then I have a cleaning business in Sioux Falls right now, and I'm also putting in hours at a coffee shop called Cool Beans. The virus has kind of put kind of a stall in my next plans, Mm -hmm. but I'm thinking about going back to grad school for counseling and marriage and family. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. Cool. Okay, so if you just want to hop in right away, uh, tell us, like, want to just tell us a little bit about what MS is, and then I guess get into your story and tell us about everything with that. MS is an autoimmune disease where your immune system is attacking your central nervous system, which includes your brain and your spinal cord. So when it attacks that, it's attacking the myelin sheath that's around your nerves. So think of like an electrical wire, how there's plastic around it. So it strips like the plastic away and then it disrupts the signal that's trying to be sent through. Okay. Okay. Interesting. That makes sense. So kind of like, how does that, for anybody who doesn't know, I think that everybody has like a general idea of what it is but just kind of how does that um like present itself in different things over time like how do you notice it in your life how does it progress type of thing Mm -hmm. so when it attacks the myelin it creates what's called a lesion and so when you look at like an mri scan it it shows like a little cut it's basically like a cut on your brain or your spinal cord Mm -hmm. so that right now there's not a cure and so that stays there over time i don't think i've really heard of any medications yet that have been able to reverse the myelin demyelinization i know there's a lot of clinical studies out there where they're trying to like be able to regrow it okay yeah not quite sure where those are at right now um so ms is called a snowflake disease because it looks very different between each individual oh so there's never two people who will look the same because it affects everybody very differently so a lot of the common symptoms from it can be tingling, a numbness, optic neuritis, which is where like the optic nerve behind your eye is getting 
either lesions on it or it's the, the nerve is inflamed, which disrupts the signal then to your eye. So they all, there also is muscle spasms, tremors, cognitive issues, can be anxiety, depression, mood swings. Those are kind of the general ones, but it can range yeah. anywhere in there mm-hmm. for people. Interesting. And then what do you personally experience as far as like symptoms as of now? Yeah, so I have come a long way, which you'll get to hear about in a minute, from the <laughs> beginning until now and how I manage mine. But now the most common ones that I struggle with is fatigue, being very, very tired. Um, And then I have had optic neuritis in both eyes. So if I am having kind of a flare in symptoms, my eyes will like really hurt or I'll have some like interesting blind spots. It doesn't affect anything like driving, but if you would have me look at like a white wall, there'll be like gray areas that pop up and I can't see very well. Some people have it more extreme where like they maybe couldn't drive. For me, that's not the case. Yeah. And then if I overdo it, um, whether it's just like a really long day or exercise-wise, my legs will get like super tight or kind of tingly, like kind of weird sensations. And then I've had some interesting like tingling in my hands. Okay. Some I've had a few cognitive things that I've noticed. It's more of like, I've had like, if I'm having an emotional conversation with someone, mm-hmm. sometimes my brain will like forget to track where I just came from. So I'll be like, what are we arguing about? Oh like, I gosh. don't remember. Okay. And that That's doesn't crazy. happen super often yeah. to that extreme, but it has happened. There was one time with my mom where we were, I honestly don't remember what we were talking about, but it was an emotional conversation, and I was like, Mom, we need to stop talking because I don't even know what we're arguing about. Oh, my gosh. So, like, wow. let's just, we don't even need then to Then that works. Right. We're done. <laughs> I don't know. It's solved. <laughs> yeah. So I've noticed some things like that, and I've had some seasonal depression. I don't know if that's specifically related to MS or not. Mm -hmm. When it comes to, like, anxiety and depression, it's really hard to tell if it's something that's, like, a symptom of MS. Okay. Or if it's because of the added stress of it that you then have some anxiety and depression. It's really hard to tell with that. Um, So I've had a little bit of the seasonal depression, some anxiety. Right. Okay, so I do have a a little bit of a question about, like, it can range when you get diagnosed with it, right? Like all different ages kind of, or is it, is it yeah. usually like a certain amount, like a certain time? Like... Yep. So usually most people are diagnosed in their late twenties to early thirties. Okay. I was diagnosed when I was 18, which okay. is pretty early. Okay. There are some cases where you hear of like 15 year olds, 10 year olds who notice it. Mm. Um, but for the most part, 18 is pretty early on, which is why they didn't think it was MS right away. So is that something, I'm sure, I know that you'll probably get into more of this, but is that something that you're like born with or is it develop? Yeah. I don't know if scientists are fully sure. They're not sure. Yeah. They're not sure the cause of MS right now. There's a lot of, a lot of speculation on if it's like environment, if it's something that you're born with. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. my kids will have, I think it's like a 5% chance of getting MS Okay. Where the regular population has a two and a half percent chance. Oh, okay. Okay. That's so, not huge. So yeah, so it's yeah. not really genetic from what they've found. Yeah. So they think it's more of environmental factors. They honestly Easy. think that um, usually women get it a lot easier. Okay. And those that live more in the northern hemisphere. Oh my gosh. Interesting. And they don't say why? They don't? Well, so I am on a, a vitamin D supplement. Okay. And so they wonder if the lack of sunshine, because the long, cold winters, yeah. if that can affect why people get it. Yeah, and then, again, you might talk about this a little later on, but um, what, what made you, like, what was happening that you were like, I should go get it checked out. Something isn't normal. Well, should we just have her, do you just want to jump into your story? Yeah, okay, just jump that? into your story yeah, then. Sure. Sorry. Okay, that's probably a good time. That sounds well, good. We're just going to keep asking questions. Yeah, yeah. you're Perfect. probably going to answer. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so it was the winter of 2015 into 2016, so I was just finishing up high school at the time. And it was that kind of December and January that I really noticed that I kind of wasn't feeling quite right. I didn't really know how to describe it, but I felt really off. In the beginning of that January, one morning I woke up and my left eye, like the the brightness that I was seeing was a significant darker than the mm, other eye. Okay. Mm. So it was like a shade darker. You know how when you look in the sun and then you look away yeah. and it kind of has that weird light, right. you kind of start to get your vision back? It kind yeah. of looked like that. Mm-hmm. And it was went on for about three days. So I knew it wasn't just like my contact or mm. I got something in my right. eye. So then I went to the eye doctor for them to look at it. And they said they couldn't see anything wrong with it. But the regular eye doctor, they can't see your optic nerve. Okay. They see the, like the, just the tip of it in the back of your eye. 
So they suggested that I go see a neurologist and get an MRI. So we went in to see a neurologist and he was like, oh yeah, like sounds like you have optic neuritis. Let's just do an MRI to check. Okay. So did a, it's a brain MRI, but then also focused on your eyes. So in that MRI, they noticed that my optic nerve was inflamed. Okay. So that meant that it was, that's what, that was disrupting the signal for why I was seeing the way I was. Mm -hmm. So I knew I had optic neuritis and we were like, well, why? Like, what's causing this? Mm-hmm. So around that time, I Googled everything. And of right. course, when you Google Everyone something, yep, yeah. you're like, okay, I'm dying now. Yeah. Right. So what I was Googling, it was saying that M- for MS, optic neuritis is usually the first symptom that you see. And so I was like, okay, like, maybe it's MS. And yeah. I was reading, like, the other symptoms I had. And, like, a few of them were like, yeah, like, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Some of them were like, that's totally not me. Mm-hmm. Which now that I know more about MS, it makes sense why some of them. I couldn't relate right. to at all. Yeah. And then it was saying how for someone to have MS, it's like one in a thousand and you're not usually diagnosed till late twenties. Yeah. So I was like, oh, well, that's not going to be me. Yeah. Like my life right. is boring. Nothing happens yeah. to me. Which can I pause you for a quick yes. second there? When you were reading that, maybe it's MS, did that like really freak you out? Or you were like, okay, like part of me was kind of like, oh, wow, like what if this actually is like yeah. kind of freaking out? But around that time, I had been really struggling with, like, what am I doing after high school? Like, Mm -hmm. where's my direction in life? Yeah. And I grew up in a Christian household, and so, like, I always knew about faith and Jesus and knew a lot about him. Mm -hmm. And I would say that I had a personal relationship with him at the time, but I had never been at a point in my life where it was like, oh, I I know that I need Jesus because I'd been, Mm -hmm. had a pretty easy life. Right. Right. I played sports. Like I, I, I put a lot of pressure on my athletic ability Mm -hmm. because up until then, like I spent all my time doing that. And so for there to be something like MS that attacks your body, it was like, that's, that's crazy. That's out there. But it was also like, okay, what if this is the Lord showing me and teaching me that he is all I need. And so because that was something in the back of my mind since the beginning, it was like, okay, like this kind of is scary, but I know I'll be okay. Oh, you had like peace. Yeah. Like I knew that no matter what was going to happen, the Lord's going to be working through it and he'd be growing me Mm -hmm. and teaching me things that I needed to know. And so I just kind of was like, okay, Lord, like whatever you're going to do, like let's, let's go for it. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Okay, I'll let you get back to where you were at. Yes. Sorry. Yep, so I had my brain MRI. Um, I had the inflammation in my optic nerve. They also noticed a few small lesions. And so when they do the brain MRI, they can tell if a lesion is active or not. If it's active, it means it's happening right then. Like mm-hmm. the demyelination is occurring at that time. Oh. Mine were not active, which means they had been there for a while. Oh, okay. So because of the optic neuritis and those small lesions, they were like, okay, like there's a chance this is MS, but to it, to diagnose it as that, they kind of need like three strikes sort of thing. Okay. Right. And so the optic neuritis was one of them. And then the lesions in my brain, size-wise, weren't big enough to count. And that's and just so, a, little, a little cut, like you said, right? Yep. Okay, yep. okay. So then they wanted to do a spine MRI. So that's kind of on your neck and all of your spine, which mm-hmm. they found another lesion, which is kind of like the second strike. Okay. So then they wanted to do a spinal tap. Okay. So that's where at the bottom of your spine, they inject, they well, they numb you and they stick in a needle to collect spinal fluid. Okay. I think my mom was more freaked out about all this than I was. It wasn't that bad? I wasn't worried about it. Okay. See, when you say that, I think of like, my sister just gave birth to so like an epidural. That's kind of kind similar. Of? Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Very similar. I think it's in the same area. Yeah. Okay. So going into it, I didn't really know much about it, so I wasn't freaked out. But I purposefully had not watched any videos. Oh no no no! <laughs> I didn't <laughs> want to see that. But the yeah. guy was like explaining to me what he was gonna do, and like I see this giant needle in the background, and I was like, oh, mm. like wow, this is actually a thing. Kind of a thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So they did the spinal tap. And honestly, I think the worst part was, so for two days, they want you to lay down and not really do much physical activity okay. so that it can heal. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I must not have done that long enough because then what happens is your spinal fluid leaks out of that hole that they oh, injected the needle in. This is really hurting my... What, this is so hurting then me. the spinal fluid in your brain, like that fluid, is off balance. Oh. So then it gives you a spinal headache. So if, you're, if you lay down flat, you're completely fine. But as soon as you stand up, 
you're like, you feel like you're gonna pass out or throw up. Oh my gosh, that's so strange. It's so awful. So that happened. So then for the next week, I was like in misery and like having to lay down. Oh. And I did have to go to work a couple times. And at the time, oh. I was in I was in an assisted living. And I remember one of the shifts. I was there for all of like thirty minutes before I was like, exactly. I had to go talk to her. And I was like, I almost threw up. Like I need to go home. Like yeah. I can't be here. Yeah. So it was a really challenging week, and I also had two college visits. Mm-hmm. So that was terrible. And I went to SDSU, which is one of the visits. And I'm surprising <laughs> I wanted to go there after all of that because the visit was not fun. Uh, I, I think I, I threw up before going home. Oh, my God. It was terrible. It wasn't fun. And then they also say, like, if you drink caffeine, it restricts the vessels so that it won't leak out if the hole is easy. Really? So, like, drink a bunch of caffeine. So I was like drinking pop and coffee, and then my brother had caffeine pills. So he gave me caffeine pills. So were you just like shaking like well, a leaf? Yes. And, I couldn't <laughs> sleep. and then I, I think I took about, I don't know the exact amount, honestly, it was about 1,000 milligrams within 24 hours, which is what they would consider like almost ODing. So my yeah, because you're supposed to have like no more than like, what is it, 300 they recommend? Yeah. So I felt awful, couldn't sleep. Like, I felt like my tongue was swelling. It wasn't. I thought your was stomach even hurt, thing. though. Yeah, I all that wasn't. Did hungry. it help, though? Did it help? No. Oh. I mean, I think the uh. focus more then was how awful the caffeine made me feel and not so much the spinal tap. You just, okay. you just made it more like one evil over the other, question yeah. mark? Yeah, my mom even called um, poison control because she was <laughs> concerned. And they were like, at this point, like, have her drink water, see how she is in the morning. And then I was fine. Well, but you listened to the doctors. You I did. You went for the caffeine. They just didn't tell me a limit. Yeah. <laughs> they just didn't tell me a limit. That's so funny. So now being a barista. I was just going to say to be so careful because like I really want to drink all the coffee, yeah. but I can't because I know how I'll feel. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Yeah, that's what you are. So then I think it was about a week and they got the results of the spinal tab. And so how they then diagnose that is they count the proteins in a sample so if you have too high of a protein count, that's something that would then count towards MS. And I had too much of a protein in it. Okay. And so that was kind of like the third strike of, okay, like, yes, this is what you have. Mm-hmm. And at that point, like, I, I knew it. Like, yeah. I wasn't surprised. Like, all those right. tests were probably in a span of two months. Yeah. Okay. So it was kind of a long enough amount of time to know, like, okay, like, this mm-hmm. is kind of what it's leaning yeah. more and more towards. So I wasn't super surprised by the diagnosis at all. It was still hard right away for sure because it was Mm -hmm. it's this weird balance of like my body hates itself like it's literally attacking itself yeah but how am I supposed to like be okay with that and love myself Mm. and also deal with whatever this means at the time I had no idea yeah and I didn't know I didn't know anybody else who had it Mm -hmm. so it wasn't like I could talk to somebody Mm -hmm. so I wasn't Mm -hmm. really sure so I didn't really want to talk about it for the first couple months. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know what to feel about it. And sadly, I kind of, well, I kind of shut people out, which wasn't helpful mm-hmm. in the long run at all. Um, but kind of others didn't know how to react and what to do. And I don't mm-hmm. blame them because mm-hmm. I didn't either. Right. So people kind of treated me like everything's fine, get over it. Or they like wanted to bubble wrap me mm. and like be like, oh, you're sick, like you can't do anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm a super independent, like I want to do it on my own, competitive mm-hmm. kind of person. Right. That for people to treat me that way was super frustrating and it was hard and it wasn't something that was helpful. Right. Um, but them acting like nothing was wrong wasn't helpful either because it was like... Your whole life just changed. Yeah. yeah. Like my life has changed. Like, no, it wasn't cancer, but this is still something that impacts you. Yeah, for the rest of your life. Yeah. Right. And I actually told my one of my friends one time, I was like, I wish I would have had cancer instead of this. And his, their response was, I think there's a reason why you don't have cancer and you have this. Right. Because I'm someone who I'm like, okay, tell me what to do. I'll fight it. I'll get over it and I'll be good. Yeah. Right. But MS is something that there's no cure. So you right. have to, it's your whole life. Like every day you have to fight it and deal with it. Yeah. And so it and there's no like, end in sight. I exactly. think I think that's something too. Now knowing your personality a little bit better over just the little bit we've talked since you've got here, it's like it's like like you said, give me a problem, I'll fix it. There's an end in sight. But when there's just like no end in sight, you're like, okay, cool. So I'm just gonna tread until I drown. Yeah. Like that's that's a and I'm a similar way. That's a terrifying feeling. Yep. And it was like I want someone to throw me a life jacket. 
right. no one knows. But you can. Yeah, like, you can. They're like, we're working on it, but... <laughs> We're learning what to do. Right. Yeah. So that was challenging. And I also was like, yeah, they're right in saying that because I will learn a lot more from this. Yeah. Because it's yeah. not my natural ability. It's not something I'm good at. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Yeah. How was your, how were your parents when they found out and everything? My mom was in denial for okay. a very long mm-hmm. time. Yeah. She was like, I don't think it's actually a mess. Really? Even after yeah. they said that? Yep. And oh my gosh. So that was... Like, I kind of appreciated it on one hand because it was like, I don't know, it was, it made me feel more normal. Yeah. But also it wasn't helpful because I was like, okay, like, this does make a difference. This. Like, yeah. I feel different. There's things I need to change and work on. And yeah. like, you can't do those things and help problem solve if you act like it's not yeah. a problem. Mm-hmm. And my dad kind of wasn't quite sure there what to do about it. Yeah. He didn't really know how to react. That sounds like or what how my dad would do support too. Support and yeah. encourage. He wanted to, but he was he wasn't sure how to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you kind of got started at least trying to get through like okay, accepting it mentally. People mm-hmm. around you were like, okay, this is a thing. What were the next steps after that? Like, what did your life look like? Yeah. Well, about a month in, they wanted to start medication because they needed to kind of figure out which kind I should be on. I think there's. I think there's less than 20 out there, so there's not tons of them. Oh, okay. Wow. So most MS medications are injections or infusions. The oral medication that you can take for it doesn't ever do very much Mm -hmm. from what they have researched and found. And so for me, it made sense to go on an injection. Mm -hmm. So the one my insurance okayed at the time was an everyday injection. Oof. So insurance companies will make you go with the generic brand before you can go to the, like the more expensive, right. better brand. Yeah. So because of that, it was every day. And so that was challenging because, oh I mean, I wasn't ever really afraid of needles, but then we have to give yourself a shot every day. Yeah. So you do you do give it to yourself every day then? Yep. Yeah. So you can put it kind of in an auto-eject pen, so you press a button and it goes by itself. Mm. At this point, mm. I just do it myself because it's so much easier. Because sometimes the pen, it doesn't inject the needle all of the way. So then the oh. medication's really close to the surface. And then it's red and itchy. And that's, oh. it's like kind of a burning feeling. Okay. okay. So that's not fun. So that was the medication they put me on right away. Which was really hard to adjust to and get used to. Because I was like, I shouldn't be giving myself shots. Like that's right. not normal. Yeah. And around the same time, I was working at a warehouse. And in this warehouse, like it's physically physical labor all day that you're doing mm-hmm. there's no ac so it was really hot something i forgot to mention earlier oh. is one of my symptoms is i'm very heat intolerant oh. so like summers and hot and humidity it makes the rest of my symptoms kind of flare up oh, so i'll get okay. more tired and sometimes i get tired where it's like a, a brain fog tired mm-hmm. so when you have it when you take a nap and you wake up and you're like groggy and out of it it's right. kind of like that but all the time okay. all the time yeah. which is ironic because you're vitamin d deficient yet you're also like heat like intolerant so oh, yeah, it's true. like yeah. you want me to go shit in the sun so um <laughs> yeah. well we heard my getting the vitamin e from yeah That's exactly funny. So that was a really hard job to have that whole summer and i was there five sometimes six days a week so that was happening around the same time and i was super tired so honestly i'd get home from work at five i would probably nap for about an hour mm-hmm. eat dinner go to bed get oh up the gosh. next morning Ugh, like yeah. that's kind of all it was and if I would like stay out and hang out with friends that night the next day I regretted it uh, yeah and I also got really bad headaches at the time which have gotten better over time but then I had really bad headaches and they say that they're not MS related but I've read enough on MS and I've looked at enough support groups to know that a lot of people with it experience really bad headaches right. yeah and you said it's different for everyone so they probably yeah. You know what I mean? They probably don't know right. everything that you're going to yep. experience. Yeah. So that was kind of how that summer went with work and injections and trying to figure things out. And I was also trying to figure out what I was doing for college that fall. Oh, my gosh. So stressful. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't know I was going to SDSU until, like, the end of July. <gasps> oh I thought I was going to put college off for a year. Like, I had no idea. Yeah. But it was like, no, like, I need to go to school. Mm-hmm. And so then I obviously went to SDSU. And by the end of the summer... I think I had realized, like, what you were saying earlier, it was like I was treading water and I was waiting to drown. Yeah. Um, I had this mentality of, like, how am I going to move forward in life if I have to fight this every day? Like, I have to fight this and beat this before I can do anything else. How am I going to do both at the same time? Yeah. Exactly. 
And so around that time, actually, I love tattoos. And so I <laughs> got a tattoo that says survivor because I realized every day you're surviving. Mm-hmm. You love don't, that. you're not going to just swim and drown like the rest of your life. Like you're surviving. And you surviving. have that one on your arm, don't you? I do. Yeah. And then yes. you can see it all the time. <laughs> yeah. So I, I have that one. That. And I have other tattoos I got down the line that I can <laughs> then talk about. Um, and so, yeah, that kind of, it was a progression of just like realizing where I was at, what I needed, and realizing, okay, like, I'm surviving, I will get through this. Mm-hmm. So something that I wasn't good at at the beginning was, I wasn't good at letting people in and helping me. Mm. So by that fall, I really realized, like, okay, I need a support system. Like, I need people that I can count on. Like, it doesn't need to be everybody. Like, mm-hmm. I, not everybody that I meet, not all my friends need to be in that support system, but I need some people mm-hmm. in that. And so I did a better job of kind of finding a few people to kind of be my support system and to yeah. be there for me. It was also interesting going to college because, like, there's all these new friends. Right. And to be honest, I honestly didn't tell my new friends about MS at first because yeah. I didn't want them to look at me any differently or treat me differently. Right. Yeah. So I didn't want them to know. Mm-hmm. But that was also hard because it impacted my life a lot. And mm-hmm. so it's like, how do I explain, right. like, why I do things differently or why some nights I want to go to bed at 9 Right. When they don't understand. Yeah. And so I had to do a better job of like telling people and trusting people and letting them in. And I sometimes struggle with trusting people and letting them in. Mm -hmm. Right. So that was a challenge I also had to work through and to get better in. So then also that fall, I had started school at SDSU. Um, So my first neurologist that I went to, he did not specialize in MS. So he couldn't really tell me what to do past the medications. Mm. It was kind of like, don't eat too much mac and cheese, do what you want. <laughs> like, he didn't know. Ooh, thanks, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah. So I, by the end of the summer, was looking for a new neurologist um, who specialized in MS, and it usually takes months to get an appointment. So it wasn't until that December that I got an appointment with her. Okay. Um, and then she has so many people who want to, like, be a patient of hers that she has like a waiting list mm-hmm. so somehow I, I got in and I got on it and she that was awesome. wanted to see me yeah it was okay. really cool and she was phenomenal she was amazing okay so in the first appointment she had me fill out this whole sheet and she wanted to know what are you eating how much of it what's your sleep like how much are you sleeping are you working out what kind of working out what are your symptoms wow. like she wanted to know everything. everything and so she gave me this whole list of like vitamins and minerals to take it was oh like, gosh. eat this way, drink this water, exercise, sleep this much. Mm-hmm. And it was like, wow, like she's she's throwing me a life raft. Like yeah. she's giving me right. something to do. Yeah. Right. And which you can do. I feel like you're the kind of person that's like, like you right. said, tell me what to do and I will something do Something practical. Yes. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's what she did. It was also very discouraging because it was like, wow, I have this whole list of do's and don'ts. Yeah, that's true. Like and see, so many things. And the thing is, is that especially when you're that young, it's it's like the, I should be worried about like the cute boy that sits next to me in class and like mm-hmm. whether or not I want to get that piercing and like mm-hmm. what I'm going to do after co- you know you shouldn't have to learn about like a lifelong illness that you're going to be carrying yeah. with you yeah. like I don't know it, I know that there's worse things out there but also I, I don't know if you felt this at all but like almost like an injustice to be like to be yeah. like this is not what I should have to be dealing with yes you know I feel like I grew up too fast. Yeah. I feel yeah. like a part of my life that I wanted kind of got taken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I have to realize, like, I'm not entitled to that. Right. Like, everybody's life is different, yep. and I'm not yeah. entitled to that. And so, like, the life that I am living right now is where I'm supposed to be at. Yeah. And so I right. had to – and that's where also faith came in a lot. It was, like, that helped me come to terms yeah. with, like, this is what I wanted in my life, but I'm not getting that and realizing like, okay, what I'm getting is going to be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like whatever that looks like, I know it's going to be better. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that definitely was something. Yeah. You had to work through a little bit. Yeah. So then, yeah, started seeing that neurologist. was super helpful. Every time I went in, um, it was kind of, she had that whole checklist of like, what are you doing? How are you doing? Mm-hmm. And like I said, it was challenging because I always felt like there was more to do and more that I couldn't do. Okay. And it was frustrating because I was like, I want to be free. I want to do whatever the heck I want to do right. and not be worried about, okay, if I stay out till midnight tonight, I'm going to feel like crap tomorrow. Yeah. Right. And so I just really had to learn how to balance it and really just say no to things. And I have a fear of missing out. And so it can be really we hard. We all have that. Oh my gosh. Do you want, can I just, I got to insert a little bunny yes. trail here real fast. Um, Brady and I are staying in Minneapolis this summer and they, who are staying with, they have a golden retriever oh. and he's one and that dog has FOMO like I have never seen before. <laughs> like we will be downstairs and like um my 
brother-in-law and soon-to-be sister-in-law will be upstairs and the dog will like hear like a little commotion like a door close runs down the stairs has to see That's what it is hilarious. and then they'll be doing something he's like flying back up the stairs and he's always in your way She's i gotta know i'll be in the kitchen he lays on my feet while i'm cooking that's hilarious. i'm like i can't move louis <laughs> like, but so sorry. yeah fomo sorry, is a FOMO very is real, real thing even for dogs yes even for <laughs> <Yeah>. dogs. <laughs> okay sorry <laughs> yeah so Sorry, I totally got us off of our little... <laughs> so, okay. fear of uh, missing out. Okay, and then this yes. is my question. Do you have, and maybe you're getting to this, but do you have, like, eating restrictions now? You said that you want to know what your diet looks like and all that. Yes, so I do. So, the fall of 2018, I had been doing kind of what my doctor told me to do. Honestly, probably not to a T, because I still wanted that freedom. And so, right. I was still... And I was also still just figuring out, like, mm-hmm. what my body was doing and what it needed. Yeah. Like, it was a process. So, the fall of 2018... Falls are usually really hard for me. School is starting up. Mm-hmm. Super busy with classes. I am invo- was involved with the Navigators on campus, um, which is a campus ministry. And so, I was on mm-hmm. their leadership team. So, the fall was a busy time of, like, leading and... Um, planning a lot of like events and stuff like that for the incoming freshmen Mm -hmm. and then with that I also have learned like in the fall I have a little bit of a seasonal depression too Mm -hmm. and so falls dark all the time yeah falls just kind of suck for me and so that fall ends up having a relapse with MS so what a relapse is it's when you have a new a new symptom that's persistent Mm. so it's not just like oh I noticed this for 10 seconds this day it's like you have a new symptom that's persistent for three days at least. Okay. So I noticed that I had then had optic neuritis in my right eye. Ugh. So I knew right away, I was like, I, it's optic neuritis. Mm-hmm. Like, I know what this looks like. So I happened to have an appointment with my doctor right then, and I told her. And, she, and I kind of was tempted not to tell her because I was like, I don't want to have to, like, do anything else then to try to fix this. Yeah. Right, because you were already so busy. Yes, exactly. And so... I told her, and she knew, like, you're having a relapse. Mm-hmm. So usually when a patient's having a relapse like that, they have to do a three-day steroid infusion. Hmm. So for three days, you go in each day for an hour infusion. It's like an IV of steroids. Okay. And then after that, you take, like, the pill for steroids for, like, 10 days. Okay. So I that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like, I went home, um, stayed at my parents' place, and had the infusions those three days, and... Tell you what, any symptom that is possible for a steroid infusion, I get. Like, really? yeah, there's a whole oh list of like side effects from it, oh, and no. it's like your back will hurt, your eyes will hurt, and I'm like, you're trying to fix my eyes, but they feel worse. Oh my gosh! And then it's like um, insomnia and headaches, and Ugh. like you're not hungry, and so like the three days was really bad because it was the infusion, and then yeah. they had to leave the IV in like for the three days in your arm when mm-hmm. you weren't there. And Wait, the, so you just have to walk around with a needle in your arm? Well, it's not a needle. It's plastic, like a mini catheter is what they call it. I think it's, so so it's so easier for them to like put the needle in. Yeah. Oh, right? yeah. So they put okay. the needle in that goes over it. I was like, hold yeah. up. Can you explain this to me? I do not know. Yeah. So it wasn't a needle. And I okay. was worried about that because I was like, isn't it going to stab through my vein like to the other side? Like, <laughs> what's going on? Oh, my gosh. Um. So yeah, and that was, so another thing the steroids have is mood swings. And I tell you what, the first few days, it was like, I would be upset about something one second, happy the next. And I was like, I, and I was very aware of the fact that I had no idea why I was feeling the way I was. Mm. Like me and my mom were talking about something and I was like, suddenly got upset about it. And she just was like, oh, what's up? And we both knew it was from the steroids, but like that was really bad. So I was like, I don't want to be around people. Right. Because I don't know how I'm going to act right. or if I'm going to get upset or mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm just going to start laughing or crying randomly. Right. So I wasn't, didn't really want to be around people with that and then went back to school and had to try to go to class that week. I skipped most of them. I had a doctor's note for it. Yeah. The one I did go to, oh my gosh, I don't even remember what happened. I was so out of it oh and just like, and then I realized, okay, like I'm going to take some more time Yeah. So until af- the steroids are done. Okay, I was going to ask, so after the three days, it like stays in your body for a while or how does that work? Um, well, I was then on the pill oh, pill version of it and so for like a week. What is the steroid doing exactly, I guess? You know, that's something that I've always been confused about. Okay. It's, I'm pretty sure it's where it's supposed to get rid of inflammation. Oh, okay. And kind of like okay. reset your body. Okay. So I think it actually like... I don't, can't remember if it's that it 
kills your immune system. Okay. So it stops attacking itself. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's what it does. Okay. Steroids have always been a little fuzzy to me. Yeah, I don't ever really understand that. Yeah, I don't either. Because yeah, like strange. some, because I feel like some people will say that like they take a steroid. They're like, like, oh yeah, this isn't this was happening to me, so I took a steroid. And I'm like, yeah, but you also take a steroid for this thing over here. Yeah. So, so like, I feel like what? it's one of those things yeah. that's always been kind of extra. I mean, I don't really know anything about the medical world, but that's yeah. always been a little extra confusing to me. Yeah, and I think there's different steroids for different things, which makes even more yeah. confusing. Yeah. I also don't know a lot about the medical field. Only basically what I've had to learn. Yeah, like, like right. I know, I know that about you. Yeah. Yeah. And then something else with the steroids is like, so I'm an external processor. Mm-hmm. I talk a lot. Yeah. I have a lot of thoughts. Yeah. I'm to the point. Like, mm-hmm. I could talk about anything. But when I was in the steroids, like, I was super anxious. And I was really anxious when I was around people because mm-hmm. my brain, like, trying to put, like, a whole train of thought together was really hard. Mm-hmm. And then to try to, like, say it, I just, like, couldn't get it out. It was really yeah. it was frustrating because I was like, oh, my gosh, I just need to talk about this. And yeah. I, like, didn't feel like I could. Right. Yeah. So that was definitely... Definitely a challenge. And then from that relapse, that is when, because you asked about diet, that's yeah. when my neurologist asked me to try being gluten and dairy free for four weeks and see how I feel. Okay. So not only was I on steroids, and she also didn't want me drinking caffeine at the time. <laughs> so not only was I on steroids feeling crappy, but I had a caffeine withdrawal because I oh, wasn't. Oh, I've had those. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's caffeine withdrawals are the actual worst. As they are. Yeah. And then I couldn't eat gluten or dairy. And I am someone who would just eat cheese slices for the fun of it. Oh. Like, I love cheese. Yeah. And so I always felt like I was hungry just because my body was detoxing from those foods. Yeah. Right. And so, like, the first couple of weeks was, like, I just felt horrible. Mm-hmm. But then, so I had an appointment with her two months after that. And she only really wanted me to do it for one month. I did it for the whole two months until I saw her. And I was like, I feel good. Yeah. That's awesome, Like, I have though. energy. My brain fog is oh almost gone. Like, I don't have the brain fog I used to. Like, I wake up in the morning and I feel ready for the day. I don't feel like I got hit by a semi. Wow. And That's so crazy. she was, she never was like, you have to do this. She just, she knew I would because right. she's like, you feel better. You know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's kind of when I realized, I was like, wow, like what I thought felt normal was really sucky. Oh my god. And gosh. how I feel now is more normal. Well, I feel like even without being diagnosed with something, we've talked about it on the podcast before. It's just like living a, a, a healthy for the most part, diet, a healthy for the most mm-hmm. part diet and like having an active lifestyle, you don't realize how just like those small steps, even just a regular person without any extra mm-hmm. junk going on, you know, yeah. it makes such a huge difference. And you don't realize that like when you were just eating like all the sugar and all the processed foods mm-hmm. and just like this, that and the other, and you didn't do any workouts, like we've said it before, you can notice a huge difference. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I can't even imagine, imagine if there's something even more so yeah. going on, yeah. Because yeah. then my family also started to, they're not completely gluten and dairy free. My sister is now um, because she did it and she realized how much better she felt. Oh my yeah. gosh. But like my mom eats better too and they've noticed a huge difference and yeah. they don't have any, right, uh, yeah, anything like I MS. I have noticed a huge difference with the gluten yeah. for myself. I've been doing mm-hmm. a few things um, for. Like, just to try to make certain things, like, about that I've noticed, like, make me feel better. And I notice a huge thing mm-hmm. with the gluten. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my question is, well, one of my questions is, with the whole, um, well, I guess both of them, but, like, dairy, will you ever consume, like, a little bit? Or do you ever have cheese or eggs? Or, like, what do you do with that? Yeah. So, one time, um, it was actually on a spring break trip, so it was terrible timing. <laughs> but they were like, oh, there's these gluten-free peanut butter cookies. And I was, like, so excited. Because I was like, oh, they're gluten-free. Well, I didn't realize that a lot of people use butter in peanut butter cookies. Um, I I ate one. Oh, no. And about halfway through, I was like, I don't feel great, and I think there's butter in these. And I still ate the rest of the cookie because I was like, I it it's tastes good. good. You already yes. and you already yeah. the damage is already done. Yeah, yeah. But then within two minutes, I went and I threw up. I was gonna ask what happens. It just makes yeah, you like, it makes it your really stomach. Sick. Okay. Gluten is something that I can have a little bit of, and I feel fine. I don't notice it. Okay. Yeah. But the dairy is where I'll almost instantly feel sick. Is eggs eggs too? Can you have eggs? No, I eat a lot of eggs. I thought you did. I was like, I'm yep. pretty sure because your mom has farm fresh eggs. Yes. Which we love Thank that you. here. <laughs> Super interesting that you said that about the butter because I know even a lot of people who are dairy free, they'll still do butter because there is so, because there's not like that much dairy in it, but it's yeah. interesting the little bit that's still in there is you're yep. just that sensitive to it. Yep. I've noticed butter is like one of the worst things with dairy. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's I don't crazy. know why. Maybe it's combined with how like high in fat it is. Yeah, I'm maybe. Not sure, but 
Yeah. Does not work well for me. So is there anything besides those two things that the doctor gave you that like you've noticed helps with your symptoms or helps anything, I guess, with how you feel? Well, in the whole time that I've been seeing her, definitely the gluten and dairy free has been a huge one. Okay. Exercise is also another one. And I always was active growing up. Mm -hmm. And then there was some times in college where like I didn't have time to be active. Yeah. And I definitely noticed how that took a toll of like I know it just didn't make me feel good. Like you go to the gym, right? Yeah. So now like I work out almost every day. Like I do a a wide range between just like random at home videos that you find on YouTube, Mm -hmm. um, yoga weightlifting. I used to weightlift a lot, but Mm -hmm. I I do a little bit less of that now and running. Mm -hmm. I used to hate running. Like if you put me on treadmill, it was the worst (laughs) thing ever. But now like I run a lot on a treadmill Mm -hmm. and like it it makes me feel really good. Like physically I feel good, but I also feel like there's this mentality of like, the more I run, the more I'm kicking MS in the butt. Yeah. So I'm just going to yeah. go run. Yeah, just going to go run. Right. Yeah. I, and so like earlier I was talking about the tattoo. I got the survivor. I have yeah. always wanted the tattoo warrior. I don't know if I'll ever get it. Mm-hmm. But to me, like the whole survivor thing was, that's, it was definitely a time where it's like, okay, like I'm surviving. Yeah. Like, right. I, will, I will make it. Yeah. But then there is this turning point somewhere along the way where it was like, I'm not just like surviving. Like I, I'm, I'm thriving. I'm rising above and this is something yeah. that I'm fighting and yeah. I'm growing because of it yeah and so I want that tattoo I haven't gotten it yet <laughs> yeah but then shortly after this is side noting sorry no, but after not. the relapse I ended up getting another tattoo that says live fearlessly mm-hmm. because I realized that like life is very unpredictable we can't control anything about it and yeah. so like hard things are going to happen and that's again where faith comes in for me I mean it's there to the whole thing um the reason why I've been able to persevere through it and knowing like mm-hmm. God's in control and he's using it to teach me and grow me in so many areas that I maybe otherwise wouldn't. And knowing right. like someday I'll have a brand new body. Like yeah. that's yeah. not today. That That's not going to be on this earth, but like someday I will. Yeah. And so it was like, no matter what comes, like I don't need to live in fear mm-hmm. because yeah. he is in control. Mm-hmm. And so that's why then I got the tattoo in my arm that says live fearlessly. Mm-hmm. So Amazing. big fan of tattoos. <laughs> big fan of tattoos. Go get totally. a tattoo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, I love that so much. I so yeah, sorry that was a rabbit trail. Like no, you asked about really the things good. we're like the we're like the queens of getting off topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So don't even worry yeah, about it. it. So bad. <laughs> so yeah, it was gluten dairy free was one of them. Mm-hmm. Exercising was another huge one. I take a lot of different vitamins and minerals. i other than my injections. So my injections now with my new neurologist, she got me on ones that are three times a week. Oh, that's nice. So it's a lot less. Yeah. So that's yeah. I mean it's still challenging, um, but. You know, three days a week is better than mm-hmm. every day. Every day, yeah. 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 So I still take my medication for that. Other than that, I don't have prescription meds. It's just like a lot of vitamins and minerals like vitamin D or zinc or vitamin C, fish yeah. oil. Just things like that that I take. And, and Oh, sorry. Go. I was just going to ask, do you, you notice that those make you feel better too, you think? Yes, okay. I do. Yeah. And I'm really into essential oils. And so yeah. we use the doTERRA brand. And so they have a lot of like... Um, different supplements that they've made to okay. support like central nervous system or different mm-hmm. things like that. So I also take those. Okay. So there's quite a few of them, but I notice a difference. I feel a mm-hmm. lot better. I, That's awesome. Yeah. Something I've kind of like picked up on with like working with Rachel and stuff is I feel like you're, you like to be pretty natural. Yes. And I really, yeah, I really yeah. like that because. But I, I, what I also yeah. love too is that you're like modern medicine is helping me, yes. but yes. also there's a lot you can do naturally too to help yeah. it along. Cause we've yeah. said that all the time too. Like, yeah. like, how it's great that medicine has come such a far way but like let's not forget that they used all of this stuff Mm -hmm. back before we've made leaps and bounds in the medical field to treat the same kinds of stuff you know yeah and that's something that what I really liked about this neurologist was she was very like more natural I mean she even likes something I don't actually do this but something that she's told me that I should do is be barefoot sit outside in the grass and hug a tree like she's totally all natural right obviously I don't go quite as all natural as she right but she talks about how it really helps yeah yeah so so yeah I I mean like like that even if it's just you know helps your mentality or Mm -hmm. whatever you know helps you emotionally mentally process I think Mm -hmm. it's definitely definitely something to be said for it Mm -hmm. yeah so those are all the different things that I've kind of done to kind of do what I can to help myself and to feel better it's been a learning process of like 
knowing what makes me feel a certain way and like, okay, like I need to not do this. Yeah. 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 If I know I need to get up early the next day, I'm probably going to go to bed by nine mm-hmm. because I don't want to feel like crap the next day. Yeah. And the fatigue that I can get from it is like no amount of coffee or napping is going to fix it. Yeah. Like you could take a nap, but you wake up and you're still tired. Okay. Yeah. It's just really, really tired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so if I just get like nine to 10 hours of sleep a night, like I can really fight that I was going to ask that. You you have to get more than eight hours usually? Uh, yeah. I okay. usually try to get nine to 10. Okay. Like if I get eight, that's not bad either. But if I consistently only get eight, I'm probably going to notice it. You're going to notice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And like even taking like long weekend road trips or just like things that are stressful like that like I notice that it just kind of throws my body out of whack and it takes time to like get back into a rhythm Mm -hmm. and routine yeah and like even this summer so it's only not even July yet it's mid-June um even the heat like I've noticed I'm a lot more tired than I was when it was like a high of 50s or 60s right and so like I know that so it's like okay like what can I do to take care of myself like okay Mm -hmm. if I drink a lot of ice water Mm-hmm. And if I make sure I sleep and I'm doing these different things, like, that'll help so I don't feel awful. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's just been a real learning process and paying attention to my body and how it feels and why. Yeah. And one of the big ones, especially if I'm not getting enough sleep, is the back of my eyes will, like, physically hurt. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's, that's so like, from the optic neuritis flaring. Yeah. Probably. That's yeah. But so I noticed that one the quickest. So then I'm like, okay, I need to get my life in order and fix something. Right. <laughs> okay, right. so I do have, I have another question. Um, Is there, like... You have that happen in your other eye, so is it like? Do you? I'm trying to like. I want to know why I don't even ask it. Like what I see now. Yeah. Is so my left eye is still the worst one. The right one that was for the relapse has never been quite as bad. Okay. Like right now, I don't notice it. Now, if I were to shut my right eye and like stare off into the wall, just looking with my left eye, if I stare long enough, I'll notice these gray areas appear. Okay. But otherwise, like I said, it doesn't affect, like, driving or anything, mm-hmm. things okay. like that. And, like, if my eyes are shut and I look side to side, like, there's flashes of light. Okay. Which mm-hmm. is one thing that, like, if you Google, like, how you know you have optic neuritis, mm-hmm. like, flashes like that. Okay, gotcha. And then, like, like I said, they'll hurt. Yeah. So is your body, or maybe you don't know the answer to this, but is your body, does it just, like, kind of do that attacking thing where, like, you'll notice different things? Will it just happen every so often? Like, is, is your... Is it doing anything right? Like, what's it doing right now inside of you? So actually, the last—what's <laughs> going on? The last week, I've actually noticed like I had this weird tingling in my thumb and index finger. Okay. And so I've kind of been paying attention to like, okay, like why is there a weird tingling? Yeah. Okay. Like I'm not quite sure. Yeah. It's honestly probably because the heat. Oh. So like yeah, I'm just true. like okay, like I know it's warm out. It's the summer. Mm-hmm. Let me just make sure I do everything else that yeah. I need to. So that's something I'm noticing right now. I had some weird headaches this last week, and I was like, okay, like, I did not sleep enough. Mm-hmm. Like, that was why. Right. Yeah. So, thankfully, now I'm able to do enough that I don't notice a bunch of symptoms all mm-hmm. that often. I don't, I try not to think about it. I don't want to dwell on it. Yeah, like, I have sure. a mess, but it's not something that I want to make my life evolve, yeah. revolve around. Right. right. It's like, like, it's just a part of your life. Yeah. yeah like, yeah, I know I sure. do all these things to help myself feel, feel better, but, like, they help me feel better more than just MS-wise. Like, mentally right. and physically, I feel yeah. better from it. Yeah, like, I was thinking all the things you were saying. Like, I was actually wondering, would you be, would dairy make you sick even if you didn't have it, MS? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. You know? Yeah. Like, that's just something that... Yeah. And yeah. that's also something that's hard to know because it's like, is this from MS or is it normal? Right. Right. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And right. no one can tell me that. And mm-hmm. it's such a... It's one of those autoimmune diseases they just don't know tons about and they're trying yeah. to figure it out that... I mean, it's not like I could just go into a neurologist mm-hmm. and they'd tell me. Because yeah. they'd be like, well, your guess is as good as ours. Mm-hmm. Maybe, probably, we're going to assume right. it is. Mm-hmm. So, this is kind of a personal question, but, like, what what does, like, the next 20 years look like? I don't know. You have no idea? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. Um, so, does it develop, kind of off of that, does it develop, like, more rapidly with some people, less rapidly? Yes. Are you... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much that. Yeah. <laughs> so, MS usually has three different courses that it takes. One is called relapsing remitting, which is where you'll have a relapse, you'll have new symptoms, mm-hmm. and you'll kind of like, you'll notice and you'll feel worse for a while, but then you'll feel back the way you were. Like, you'll feel better, mm-hmm. and you'll be fine for a while, and you'll have a relapse. Okay. So I've had MS for a little over four years now, and I've only had one relapse. Oh, okay. okay. And so now I feel like, I don't say I feel better than when I was first diagnosed, yeah. because of the steps I've been taking. Mm-hmm. The other one, and so that's relapsing remitting is what I have. The other one is secondary progressive. And so that's where someone will have a relapse, they'll feel worse, and they never quite get to feeling as good as I did before. Okay. And then it kind of just slowly keeps going downhill. Okay. They never really feel 
as good as it did at the beginning or better. Okay. Then the other one is, I think it's called primary progressive. And so those people, they just progressively get worse. Okay. Like they have relapse after relapse. They don't usually feel better after one okay. of them. Like if they went for steroid infusions, it probably wouldn't help much. Oh, okay. So most people have the relapsing remitting. Um, and so because that's what I have, like I, I don't know what the next 20 years look like. Hopefully it doesn't get worse. I was going to ask that. Right. You can stay in that? The relapsing remitting? Yeah. Hopefully. Okay. If I do what I should, hopefully. But there's also a point where like no matter if I do everything that I should, it could still Sometimes get worse. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't know what that yeah. looks like. It's something I try not to think about right. too much. Right. Like, I don't want to dwell on it because I don't know. Exactly. I kind of want to do what I can here. Um, and I, I don't know. It's another one of those things where I trust the Lord with what the next 20 years are going to look like. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, this might sound funny <laughs> to you guys, but, like, if I could go back and, like, take away ever having MS, I wouldn't do that because there have been so many ways that I have grown and learned from it mm-hmm. that I don't think I would have otherwise. Oh, my gosh. Like, something needed to happen for me to kind of, like, wake up and realize all of these things that I was missing. Yeah. And so that was something that God really used with it. And so... I see his faithfulness the last four years and all of the ways that he's taken care of me and provided. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean it's been easy because it hasn't. Right, right. But I see that and I know that no matter what the next 20 years will look like, he's going to keep being faithful, taking care of me yeah. and teaching me and growing me in a lot of areas. Because there's a lot of ways that I need to learn. Yeah. Right, right. That's amazing. I am like tearing up. I know. I love, I was like reading your notes <laughs> oh over here. I was reading your notes over here <laughs> and you have this line that said, so my life is marked by his continual faithfulness. And I'm like, wow. Just like, it like hits you right, right here, right in the heart, right in the feels. And ugh, it's just, it I is I think amazing. so many people, I, I don't know. I've just been going through a lot of hard family things right now. And I think so many people need, like what you're saying is really inspirational. I think it can help a lot of people. Yeah, it definitely can. Oh, <laughs> All right, and with that, you guys, um, we just have so much good stuff going on here, and we love Rachel so much, so we are going to have her on again next week for part two. She's going to dive into her relationship with her boyfriend and how they work through that as a couple as far as faith goes and as far as MS goes, and um, we know you guys love this episode, so we're sure you'll love next week's too, so join us again. Yeah, stay tuned, you guys. You don't want to miss it.